Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible XFi gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for May 6, 2019. The White Sox opened their four-game set against the Indians at Progressive Field on Monday, and with the struggling of Von Nova squaring off against Trevor Bauer, the game went as you'd expect. Bauer pitched seven shutdown innings while Nova gave up loud contact early and often, and the Indians won 9-1. The Sox... Hold on, my producer's handing me a note here. Uh... Huh. Okay, apparently I had the names reversed. If what I'm reading is true, and it might not be, it was Avon Nova who threw seven shutdown innings, it was Bauer who was smacked around the park, and it was the White Sox who won 9-1. Fancy that. According to this account, the White Sox led 2-0 after two batters and a homer by Yohan Makata, and they never looked back. They attacked Bauer early in the count, and that noted back Gazikt left a lot of pitches for them to attack. Mankata was maybe a half-inch of contact away from a three-homer night. He had to settle for four RBIs in the aforementioned homer, a sack fly to deep center, and a double off the top of the right field wall. Charlie Tilson smoked a couple line drives in his first game back with the White Sox, including one off the 400 sign in center, and James McCann rode a center-cut slider well out to left for a solo shot. Bauer threw an uncharacteristic amount of hangers and spinners, and the Sox pounced. Nova, on the other hand, scattered seven singles, a double, and a walk over seven innings, and allowed just one run in what ended up being his first win as a member of the White Sox. Nova's success might be more attributable to the Indians' offense, which is one of the worst in baseball. He's only had three good starts this year, and two of them have come against Cleveland. If there's one thing he did differently, he threw a lot more change-ups than usual, and you might trace that to James McCann catching him for the first time all year. He threw 23 of them, and while it only got one swinging strike, it did get a fair amount of soft contact, but then again, that might be more the result of the Indians having a terrible lineup. The White Sox only flirted with danger in the fifth inning when they came up with another cluster of embarrassing mistakes. First, they failed to properly capitalize on a golden opportunity in the top of the inning. They had runners on the corners with nobody out, and Moncada hit that rocket off the right field wall. 
Tilson scored from third, but Nick Capra tried sending Larry Garcia all the way home from first, and he ended up making the first out at home by 20 feet or so. Then Jose Abreu popped up and Moncada didn't realize there was only one out. He had rounded third as the ball settled into Jose Ramirez's glove, and Ramirez tossed to Francisco Lindor who stepped on second from the 5-6 double play. The White Sox led 5-0, but it should have been more, and it set the stage for disappointment. Nova then gave up a pair of singles to start the bottom of the fifth, setting up a potential swing in the game. He got a flyout and a popout, but Jason Kipnis kept the inning alive with an RBI single to bring Ramirez to the plate. One swing of the bat could have made it a one-run game, but fortunately, Ramirez flied out to right instead. The Sox then chased Bauer from the game before he could record an out in sixth, the first four reached, with Tim Anderson driving home two with a single through the drawn-in infield. It was all gravy from there, and the Sox coasted to an unexpected laugher. The White Sox out hit the Indians 13-10, and it was noticeable in the clutch. The Sox were 5-for-11 with runners in scoring position, while Cleveland went just 1-for-13. By winning the least favorable pitching matchup of the series, the White Sox have a chance to do some damage the rest of the way. They'll square off for the second game with Lucas Giolito facing Jeffrey Rodriguez. First pitch is at 5.10pm Central on WGN. Giolito is trying to build off a decent first post-injury start, while Rodriguez has fared well in two starts since replacing the injured Mike Clevenger. He doesn't strike out many guys, but he's avoided the home run ball better this year. A few White Sox updates. Tilson went 2 for 4, with 2 runs scored in his return to the White Sox lineup, replacing Adam Engel. Ryan Burr also came off the IL to replace Caleb Freer, who was optioned to Charlotte after Sunday's loss. The other injury news is all bad. In order to make room for Tilson, the White Sox moved Nate Jones to the 60 day IL with a flexor pronator strain in his right forearm. And speaking of forearms, John Heyman reported that Tommy John's surgery was indeed recommended for Carlos Rodon, who was seeking a second opinion before proceeding. Kelvin Herrera is only day-to-day -day with back spasms. For now. Down on the farm, it was a quiet night for the White Sox farm system, both in terms of the number of games played and what happened in them. Charlotte and Winston-Salem were both off, so we'll jump to Birmingham, which beat Chattanooga 2-0 behind seven shutout innings from Kyle Kubat, which is the same thing the 26-year-old lefty did in his first start with Birmingham. Gavin Sheets had the only offensive performance of note going 2-for-3 with a walk and a stolen base. Luis Robert was 0-for-4 with the strikeout. Kannapolis played 2 against Hickory and split the doubleheader. The Intimidators lost 2-1 to in Game 1, limited to just 2 hits, including one by Bryce Bush. They also tallied 2 hits in the second game, but they managed to win that one 2-1, with all runs scored in the 8th inning. Two Hickory errors allowed it to happen. To be fair, Connor Pilkington also made it possible. He threw six shutout innings, allowing just two hits and three walks while striking out eight. His ERA is now 1.62. The Knights and the Dash are back in action today. Charlotte traveled to Columbus, while Winston-Salem will play host to Lynchburg. Around the league, Minnesota is now leading the AL Central by three games after beating Toronto 8-0. Martin Perez and two relievers combined for a three-hitter, while the Twins' offense hit three homers. They still have only the second-best record in the league behind Tampa Bay, which improved to 22-12 after thumping Arizona 12-1. Kansas City, on the other hand, dropped to 12-24 after losing to the Astros 6-4. CeCe Sabathia picked up career win 248 with five serviceable innings, the Yankees' 73 victory over Seattle, and fellow Hall of Fame candidate Felix Hernandez, whose ERA is now 5-20 after three homers. The Cubs' seven-game winning streak came crashing to a halt with a 6-5 loss to the lowly Marlins. Pedro Strope blew a lead in the ninth inning by walking three of the five batters he faced. The Cardinals bounced back from getting swept by those Cubs with the 6-5 blanking of the Phillies, so the NL Central is tied up again. But it was a battle of below 500 teams that had the most to offer. 
The Reds beat the Giants 12-4 behind a pair of homers from top prospect Nick Senzel, with the circumstances getting so dire for San Francisco that Pablo Sandoval pitched. I'm not sure we'd be talking about it, though, had the start of the game not been delayed by a swarm of bees behind home plate. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox Wake Up Call. Visit SoxMachine.com to talk about the game, the night on the farm, and some updates on injury situations. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can find it wherever podcasts are found. And if you're feeling generous, you can support the site and the show at Patreon.com slash SoxMachine. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.